I wasn't going to record today until I read Psalm 51 and many things stood out to me and I felt like I probably need to mention this because these are, this is one of those moments that you have that all of a sudden things like click and start coming together. So Psalm 51 is, it says in my study Bible, um, for the director of music, a Psalm of David when the prophet Nathan came to him after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. There's a lot more to this though. Yesterday or recently this week, I had a posted interview with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is typically referenced in the New Testament because Jesus says that when he departs, he will send the Spirit. And throughout the Bible, we learn that we need God's Spirit in order to have eternal life. That's how Jesus was raised. That's how those who believe in Jesus will be raised. And, um, you know, as at the end of the world. And um, so it's, it's, we need God's Spirit. And originally, um, the way I understood things was that Jesus came and then, and then the Holy Spirit came. But there were so many different parts after I read the Bible where the Spirit was present at the creation because it talks about the Spirit hovering over the waters in Genesis. Then there's also um, the part where um, God's Spirit was with Saul, who is a king or a leader that God allowed. and. Um, and he had God's spirit until he became disobedient and really didn't follow what God wanted him to do. And then God took his spirit from him and decided to replace him with David. Now Samuel was the one who was prior to Saul and I would get their names mixed up because they both start with S. But, and I'm new to reading the whole Bible, but Samuel was the one, he was um, on good terms with God and he is the one who anointed Saul, but then also found Saul's replacement, David. And um, when this gets back to the Psalm of David, just about David, David was a very interesting person um, mentioned a lot throughout the Bible and God, you know, mentioned David many times and the descendant of uh, the prophecies they talked about in the line of David, which is where Jesus came and his ancestral history is from David's genealogy. So, so David's a very interesting person in the Bible and he started out, it, here's another thing, an analogy maybe, he was a shepherd and then Jesus was is talked about as a shepherd a shepherd of people david was a shepherd of actual real sheep and when he was brought before to be considered as a leader in front of samuel he was one of several brothers who were brought forth and the other brothers i guess it sounded like they were probably more um i don't know more fit for the look of the role of a leader and David was the youngest and the Bible rarely talks about 
someone's beauty, external beauty, or handsome, or whatever you want to call it. The Bible doesn't talk about that that very often, but it does talk about it in relation to David. Um, there are many times where it said that David was very attractive, and um, but he was smaller than his brothers. And I don't know if he was a small person or if it was just his age that he was younger, so he hadn't quite grown up yet. But either way. It said, you know, God doesn't look at the external. He looks at the internal of a person. And so he chose David. And David, throughout his history in the Bible, was faithful to God, but he wasn't a perfect man. He did so many different things, but yet God still loved him. And throughout doing all those things, I don't think he ever lost his passion for God. That always existed even though he was not perfect in a lot of other ways god was still his priority throughout his life and i think we can learn something from that um, in knowing that history of david and then also to understand what happened with david um, when they talk about the adultery with bathsheba so david was um he was uh, a, le a leader at the time and there was a war or some fighting going on and he had gone up to the rooftop and he saw Bathsheba who was bathing on a rooftop nearby and was attracted to her and so he worked it out to where her husband um, was you know fighting on his within his army and he made it to where his commanders put her husband kind of on the front line so that he would be killed and to get rid of him so that he could be with Bathsheba. And then he and Bathsheba get together and she gets pregnant and they have a child, but they are punished from that because they went against God in doing that and actually their son died. But then very interesting about that, David does repent after that and uh, then the next child they have is Solomon. And Solomon is the one who builds the temple. So it's there's a lot of things that we can learn from this, um, that someone who had sinned or had done things wrong can still be used by God is one thing. Um, just because someone has done something bad in their life doesn't mean that God won't do something good in their life in the future. So there's there's a lot of things that um, I think all of us should be aware of that just especially people who maybe have fallen away from God and um, need some encouragement to be back reconciled with God because um, that's what God wants and it doesn't matter what we do. In fact, David, I mean, he technically he had someone killed. And then he also had adultery. So he broke, you know, a couple of God's commandments and probably the coveting one too. So maybe three different ones um, that he actually broke, but yet he was good with God. So when I read that, it wasn't necessarily about David, but I think that background is really good. And then good to know before I read this. So I'm going to read it because the words in here are, uh, I had a lot of like, wow, this makes sense now. So this is, I guess, David saying these things. 
Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions, wash away my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, I have sinned, and done what is evil in your sight. You are right in your verdict, and justified when you judge. Surely, I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. I'm going to pause for a moment because there's a lot here. Um, one, Number one, he talks about being sinful at birth. That was a hard concept for me to think. I was like, babies are innocent. They are not sinful. That was my original understanding. But I didn't really understand this is so complex that when when Adam was created by God, yes, he was sinless. And then when Eve was created, she was sinless as well. And then came about the fall when they listened to the serpent and I'm going to say it's not a snake or anything like that. There's I had another podcast about that discovery about that but it was just Satan there you know convincing them to think otherwise and go against what God had told them so they're in the Garden of Eden and that's when sin entered so from that point forward every time there was a reproduction sin was a part of it the seed there's a lot in there in Genesis about the seed and about the devil's seed and there is sin within that people are born with and I didn't quite comprehend that at the beginning but it's it's very interesting when you actually get that part of it um, so yes innocent babies are sinful because of through their parents I mean we are born into it and it takes a choice for us to get out of it and a changed life. I mean, that's that's what happens. That's what the story is about the Bible. But anyway, um, God, you know, he, he seeks us even when we are in the womb. And I think this can be mentioned to everyone, not just to David, but he understood this and um, he learned the wisdom. And the wisdom is really another thing in Proverbs 8, I believe it is, where when I read about wisdom, I think wisdom is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Um, so I think it's it's all that, and or I should say, the Godhead. Um, anyway, um, getting back to the Psalm, cleanse me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be water than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let my bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my inequity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. This is my aha moment because David talks about the Holy Spirit in this psalm. And first of all, he's repenting. He's asking God to clean him, cleanse him. 
and he's asking he doesn't want the Holy Spirit taken away from him and the Spirit is what gives life so this is interesting so people in the Old Testament before Jesus came on earth had the Holy Spirit in their lives the Holy Spirit is what brings people to life in the end to eternal life and that's what Jesus talks about you know um, people are born of the flesh and born of the spirit but you have to be born of the spirit to get into the kingdom of heaven so people in the Old Testament even before Jesus were had God's spirit but here's the the key Jesus made it possible for us to be in eternity with God because Jesus was the sacrifice um, sin wouldn't go away until Jesus became the sacrifice we learn about that in Revelation and it's very symbolic and hard to understand at first but it's about these seals and no one could break the seal except for the lamb well, the lamb was Jesus Jesus was able to break the seal he was the only one who made it possible for us to be in eternal life so it's really there's so many components of this but I never grasped that the Holy Spirit was working within people even before Jesus was had his physical presence on earth well it probably makes sense because the Holy Spirit gives wisdom and guidance and comfort and all those things so many I would imagine and this is just me thinking this through that probably the prophets were operating on the spirit under the spirit in fact um, I guess when it was Moses and Aaron Moses was when he was first called by God to uh, free the people from Egypt he he was like why are you asking me to do it I can't even talk and he and God said well I'll send Aaron your cousin with you too and I will um, I will speak through you so could be the Holy Spirit because there's other parts of the Bible where it talks about um, where Jesus says to his followers his disciples don't worry about what you say because the Spirit will speak for you so throughout the whole book we're seeing that the Spirit is present the Holy Spirit is present so I will get back to the Psalm of David he could, then going back, then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, you who are God my Savior, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart you God will not despise so David is really saying you know I, I can't do anything David's acknowledging no sacrifice is good enough you won't accept any sacrifice I can't do it myself but he's saying what I can do is I'm a broken person I know I need you that's in this psalm in the Old Testament way before Jesus was here on earth that David had this wisdom he understood that he needed a savior in order to be with God but he needed to humble himself and ask for this from God so he's asking God from this I mean it's you learn there's so much about what the Bible tells us about 
what we need to do found in this Psalm 51. It's very appropriate. Getting back to it, it says, May it please you to prosper Zion, to build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in the sacrifices of the righteous in burnt offerings offered whole. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. So I don't really have, I don't know. Um, I don't understand that part. But anyway, I do know that, you know, at some day that uh, God will be present once again in Jerusalem and he will reign from Jerusalem. And, um, you know, when Jesus returns, he's will be reigning from Jerusalem. So that's also written throughout the Bible and throughout in Revelation. I mean, it's all over the place. So this insightful Psalm that David mentioned and that's written into the Bible from David is so, um, it tells so much about the future, which is unreal. But it was one of those things that when I read it, I just had those moments where all of a sudden this made sense and it, so I wanted to share it. Anyway, um, I will talk again soon. Have a great day. Bye.